Welcome to the Step In, Step Up podcast. This is a conversation designed to help you get the most out of your Step In, Step Up journey. Today, we have a great episode, so get ready. Live from the Step In, Step Up studio in CNC Glass, we are back with your favorite podcast, which is now international. Tell them what's up. Thank you to Pamela Gooseby, who took an extended vacation trip to Italy and at some point in time has listened to this podcast because we are now an international podcast. Yes, and whoever you are in Texas, we don't know you yet, but we'd love to. Feel free to email info at MomentumSanDiego.com because we have listeners popping up in San Antonio Dallas, Dallas, Houston, and then some other small town. Like, so I don't know if there's one person just doing an epic road trip. Yeah, but we're yeah, getting a lot yeah, of them. I bet that's it, actually. So. Anywho, we love seeing where people are popping up, and the way uh, that you guys are growing and giving great feedback about step in, step up today. And so today we got something uh, a little controversial, or perhaps. Uh, contrarian that we want to talk about today. We're going to dive into this idea of serving in your sweet spot. I'm going to start out in Acts chapter 6, and I want you to notice something from this text with me. Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, in those days when the number of disciples were increasing, those days is the beginning of the first church. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews to, um, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on those tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. Hold on to that. He's going to come back into play later. Also, Philip, uh, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmesan cheese. I don't know. There's a lot of these names. And and Nicholas uh, from Antioch, the convert to Judaism, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Time out. You hear no mention of sweet spot in this passage. This is the first time the first church began to recruit volunteers, people who would hear and help and spread the word of God in their day. And it all began when there was a need that needed met. And so what we want to propose is it is great to be gifted, and the Holy Spirit does give gifts. Um, But we also want to look at the fact, the interesting fact, that the word sweet spot is not mentioned in the New Testament. And a lot more often in the New Testament, when you look at the church models that we have there, you see people rising up by the power of God to get the job done. So I'm going to propose sweet spot, as we tend to talk about it, may just be a myth. And so I want to propose there's probably a different way to go about serving. And I'm going to flip it to Jeremy, who's going to anchor most of this conversation and ask him, um, let's 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 play. Let me play devil's advocate. Let me say, hey, sweet spot doesn't exist or it's at least a troublesome myth that causes people to trip over their own feet. Let's set that aside and go, yeah. hey, if I'm not going to do the what's your Enneagram and your gifting and your spiritual gift test and your ENTJ and whatever the Myers-Briggs thing, let's just say there's a different, more biblical approach to finding a place to serve. How would you say to begin? Sure. Honestly, here's how I would say to start. 
step one, number one, is just commit to your local church. Um, I kind of think that sometimes we take an approach to the uh, towards finding a place to serve the way that you'll see somebody like sometimes you'll see this like when like 17 and 18 year olds or early 20 somethings where they're like they start to build up in their mind this idea of the perfect spouse or the perfect date. Yeah. And they do this thing where it's like, OK, like he or she has all of these perfections that they're going to meet all of my needs. They're going to be available for me 24 seven. And they build up in this in their mind, this idea that no human being could ever actually live up to. In the same way, we all recognize that and be like, okay, bro, like you, you need to let go of that idea that, that that woman doesn't exist or that man does not exist. Like You're going to meet somebody real and then you're going to be disappointed. In the same way that we would say that, I, w- I often think that sometimes we get this idea about a serving role where we're like, well, I'm looking for a serving opportunity that is, you know, it's deeply meaningful, yet at the same time, it doesn't require much time for me. Um, it fits perfectly into my schedule and yet it also helps transform lots of people and in the same way, it's like, okay, that serving role doesn't exist. So I would say first, go to a local church that, you, that you're a part of and say, okay, what actually is here? What, what, what actually exists? What are the roles that are needed within this local congregation, this local body? I, that's 100% where I would start. Okay. Well, well, let me just – this is off script, but we're talking about this – you get this idealized version of mm-hmm. serving in your yeah. head and then you can't find it in any of the churches you attend. What What is some of the fallout when, when you fall into that little trap? Oh, sure. So if you, if you start to have this idealized version of serving, what you end up doing is you end up starting to blame everybody else because it's their fault that they haven't provided you with the opportunity that you mm-hmm. need. Yeah. Or you jump into a role and you quit it within a month or two and then you go to a new role and you quit that within a month or two because you're like, well, I was looking for blank. And I, you see this all the time. People like, ah, oh, I really want to serve the homeless. I really want to serve the poor. And then they jump in and they realize, wow, these people have a lot of real tangible needs that aren't going to get solved on one Saturday afternoon. And so then you're like, well, maybe that's not what God said. Maybe my giftings actually lie elsewhere. And then you jump somewhere else. And then when you realize, oh, okay, well, I'm going to jump in with this group of people and they have real needs that require something from you. You're like, oh, that's not it either. And so you end up you end up becoming – you don't mean to, but you end up becoming a flaky person because you jump from thing to thing to thing all in pursuit. It's almost like those people you know that serial, that date serially. They keep yeah. breaking up with somebody because they're looking for the perfect person. It just, and then who's actually the problem? If, if yeah. there's all these lines that point all this direction, those lines also happen to be pointing at the common denominator yeah. in the situation. Yeah, and it's the person who keeps going from role to role. And the thing <laughs> that you don't realize with that – is every time you jump into a serving role, you get close to people and then you flake or oh bounce. Oh my gosh, preach. You're you're hurting those people. Like this is one of the things like we, this is why with student ministry, we're often really careful with who we let jump yeah. into student ministry because middle school and high school kids are emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. And letting a leader come in and who's like, oh, I'm expecting it to be all this perfect thing. And then they flake and then another leader comes in and then they flake. You end up <clears throat> damaging those students. And that's not just true for student ministry. That's true for almost all kinds of ministry. Well, plus... I think sometimes – I think we underestimate how long it takes to make a real difference in this world. Oh, absolutely. So like – I mean I'm uh, the obvious ones are, are life change, you know, life on my position. If you are a community group leader or student small group leader, I mean forget the sweet spot. It's just going to take six to 12 months of relationally investing before anybody cares what you have to say. Yeah. Or trust you for that matter. That's obvious. You want to run sound and tech in Kid City, 
it takes three or four months to get good at it. You come in twice a month and then you have 90 minutes when you set up and you get going and then by the time you get the thing running, it's time to be done. I mean, it takes months to get some work under your belt to where you're actually creating an effective difference uh, around you as well. So, So I'll give you this. I'm putting down sweet spot. I'm beginning by just committing to a real church with real people. What should I look at next? Find out where the needs are in that actual <clears throat> church. So, and I'm going to use I'm going to use kids ministry as an example for this. A lot of times, people think that they know what their gifting is, and what they they're not actually right. They know what their preferences are. They don't actually know what their gifting is. Another thing that I've noticed is that people don't often realize how their gifting can work in almost any ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use kids. Oh, I'm, I'm yes. going to use kids ministry as an example. Um, People think that if you're going to be in kids' ministry, you must naturally like working with kids and that only high-energy extroverts can work in kids' ministry. But let's suppose you are the most introverted person and you're not spontaneous. You're like, no, I like things organized. I like things um, scheduled out, and I don't like kids. And you would think, okay, well, then there's no way I can be a part of kids' ministry. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a person like that and say, yes, you can totally be part of kids' ministry because here's the deal. We've got to have curriculum and supplies every single Sunday. Oh, yeah. And those things have got to be organized. They've got to be ready to go. And you could be great at that and never actually interact with children at all. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a weird, extreme example. But for the most part, go to a go to the people that are <clears throat> in the church and say, okay, what are the actual needs and then work on seeing how your gifting can bring life to those different areas. It's it's not an all or nothing. It's not a just there's only one ministry for one type of person. In a normal, healthy ministry, all different kinds of people come together to yeah. bring life to students, kids, worship environments, etc. Well, well, let me add this while we're talking about needs. I'm going to argue you will grow more rolling up your sleeves and meeting needs than you would in a perfect service position that's easy with the sun always shining and the wind at your back. So I think of, oh, yeah, we're talking about this needs thing. I'll tell you a story. Real momentum couple who you can talk to today. Mike and Kathleen Sperling. When I, when I first got to momentum, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, I came as a family life pastor. I was a kid city guy and student pastor at momentum when I first got here. And, and that was a season when kid city was in desperate need of great volunteers. And uh, Mike and Kathleen Sperling had just showed up and I said, hey, can we get coffee? And they're like, oh, great. A pastor wants to have coffee. But I said, listen, Kid City, can the two of you please just help help me out? Could you do six months in Kid City? And, and they said, yeah, we can do kids six months in Kid City. Well, I'll give you one guess what happened in that six months. That six became 12. The 12 became 24. And I think by the time it was said and done, they had three years under their belt in Kid City. So I'm never going to ask them to serve again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. But but I would bet you this. I bet in some unexpected ways they grew from that. Because here's what I know. What you sacrifice for, you fall more in love with. You see you got a child and you wake up in the middle of the night for that thing and you feed that thing and you provide for that thing. Lo and behold, you love your child. If you have a car and you take good care of your... I just got a lawn, and it sucks, 
and it is brown, and the HOA keeps messaging me. And I've fallen in love with that lawn, and I like caring for it, but it's a cycle. The more I sacrifice and the more I care, the more I care about it. And I'm telling you, when you say, you know what, I just want to meet some needs here, it'll grow your faith. And even though it may not be as glamorous as a Hollywood movie, I think in some real ways you're going to end up growing in that situation. All right. Let me ask you this, Matt, because you've asked me a couple of questions. Let me ask you this. So let's suppose I found a church that I belong to and I'm a part of. I've, I've asked them, hey, what are the needs here? <clears throat> Once I've done that, how do I go about getting like – there's a, I'm uniquely wired. There are things that God has wired me to do. There's yes. things he's not wired me to do. Once I've found those needs, how do I go about getting that – into a ministry or how do I go about being who I am in a specific ministry? Oh my gosh. Um, Jeez. Okay. Let me add a little caveat here. Uh, We, Jeremy Jones and Matt Allman still believe in spiritual gifts and that God puts unique wiring in people to do unique things. Uh, I think people trip over their feet on it. And I think if you really want to discover what God's made you to do and how to take that stuff within you and express it in your community, uh, I think there's a few things. Uh, I think I think you have to be in community with other people who can watch you, who can observe you, who can give you feedback. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, you've got to have the guts to talk to somebody you serve with or talk to a ministry leader in your area. And, and you have to have the emotional guts to step past like, oh, hey, how you doing? And you got to go... Hey, I love serving and I really want to grow in it. What what do I do here? What do you see me up to that really, really helps? Or where do you see me where do you see me contribute and actually make a difference? Um, Martin Urias and I had a conversation at our men's retreat, and that guy can talk to a stranger as if they've known each other forever. And and that time I kinda initiated it and I was like, bro. How come you're not on our connections team? How come you're not in the courtyard making people feel loved and at home? He goes, I don't know. And so you're going to see Martin um, on our connection team in the season ahead. And, and it just goes, it's like people seeing your life and, and, and what's going on in you and being able to give you that feedback um, is huge. Um, I think here's two quick hits. Sorry. I care deeply about this, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. <clears throat> number one, or Number two. Find something that bothers you. Like, I mean, Momentum's not a perfect church. We're not done yet. We're trying to get better and better every week, but we've got problems. Some of them are probably obvious to you. There might be something in your little ministry area where you're already serving. There might be something you see on a week-to-week basis, and a part of you goes, I could do better than they're doing with this. A part of you goes, geez, I love my church, but this one thing we do really stinks right now. That is probably God-given. That is probably something God placed in you, and he's stirring that in you to say, hey, buddy, let's do something about this. Uh, One of my mentors and guys I really respect, Mark Moore, says there's this myth where we always go, you better, don't don't ever say I'll never be a missionary in Africa because then God's going to make you a missionary in Africa. Don't ever say, God, please don't make me do this because God's going to have me do that. He goes, balderdash, if God wants you to do that, He's going to break your heart for it. He's going to fire you up about it. And he's going to take you to a place where it is burning in you to see something done. And I would, I'm like openly inviting you to reach out 
if there's something you're going, Matt, how come we don't, how come, how come we don't, how come this is a I'm not talking about starting something new. I'm talking about looking around at the community and going, man, I feel like this thing we're doing could be done better. And then bringing your energy to it and your love to it and your passion to it. And you know, the funny thing is about that is every time someone's ever come up to me and said, Jeremy, this particular area of whatever ministry I'm in charge of, you're like, they're like, it's just not great. Here's the deal. Nine times out of 10, I've known that. And I've been like, I know, I wish I could do something about it. I oh wish gosh, like I had yeah. the time to do something about it, or I wish I had the skill set to do something about it. And then when someone's like, well, hey, here's the deal. I love doing that. I love oh taking gosh, care yeah. of that. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You are an answer to my prayers because you're right. I agree with you. That area has not been great. I've just not had the people or the capacity or something. So you're actually I, I welcome people coming well, in and saying something. I'll tell you like something. That. I feel like there's so much more God in that than sitting in a room, taking a spiritual gifts test, and going, okay, now what? No, I, I think when we're like bold enough or um, still enough to listen to the Holy Spirit and see where that thing that burns in somebody's heart also crosses paths with the need that already exists in momentum, that's God moving people to serve. Go back to Acts. Go back to the passage we read. It wasn't like this big burning, you know, bush, and it said this at just the right time. They didn't have Myers-Briggs. There was a need. And there were some people like, hey, these people need fed. These people need fed. And then the, the, the apostles' answer was like, okay, feed them. And they did. And the church continued to grow and flourish. So look for what bothers you. And then he, here's what I would say. Look to the thing that people naturally look to you for. Look to the thing that people naturally look to you for. Okay, here's some just examples. Cassie Olgin's on our staff team. If she's, if she's in a circle and something needs organized, people look to Cassie. If, if there is a spreadsheet to be created that can increase productivity, and, and not just in staff situations, in day-to-day life, she's your girl. And so lo and behold, she's found a way to serve Jesus on our staff team by being the one who keeps us organized and making things uh, happen and all that stuff. That's the Martin Urias example again. I mean, that guy is just good at loving on people. And that's something that I bet, I don't see him in his work life. I bet he's good at talking to people when he's out at work. I bet he's good at doing it when he's at the grocery store. I think it's something that's naturally in him. Another way of expressing this is what's something you give average energy to that yields exponential results? What is, that's, that's, people call this your grace. What has God graced you to do? How do you find your grace zone? Find that thing where you do it and it just works. And people go, oh my gosh, that you do that really well. And you're kind of like, ah, shucks, what? I, I just yeah, do that. Like, yeah, not to, not to brag on you, but I do this a lot. I don't even know if I've actually told you about this. Uh, Matt has got a gift of being able to create memorable words and phrases and sentences. And so a lot of time I'll be working on something like it might be community group lessons or something I'm writing. And I'm like, hey, Matt, what's a sentence? Like phrase this so that it has like great impact. And Matt is great at taking like an idea or concept and boiling it down and making a memorable sentence. Man, that's cool. And so I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, dude, thank you, by the way. Um, um so, so if we could boil this down, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this one. If we could boil this down and say, let's throw for for this month as yeah. we finish our serving campaign, step in, step up. If we could boil this down and just say, 
all right, we're we're not gonna play the like take the test on paper game. What's that thing we should be looking to instead? What would you say? Sure. Honestly, find where there's an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and see what God does with that. I think I mentioned it like last week on the podcast where I kind of told the Christine Kane story, and she started with cleaning out a closet, and then now she's leading an international organization. Lead it. Listen to last week's podcast; you'll hear the whole story. But basically, just find your opportunity. So in the in the passage in Acts that we just uh, that you read and we've been talking about, Stephen gets his ministry career, and he starts out by being a waiter. I mean, that was the goal. Hey, we've got two groups of widows. Mm-hmm. One of them's not getting the food that they need. Would you guys come and help distribute food? That's where Stephen's ministry starts. Mm-hmm. And by the time it's done and over, he preaches one of the best sermons recorded in the book of Acts. Yeah. He kickstarts the movement of, through his death, honestly, uh, yeah. through the church being spread across. First Christian martyr. Yeah. Uh, has an impact to this day People mention him, people talk about him, people use his sermon to illustrate how God has moved throughout all of history, and it started with, I was waiting on tables. And honestly, I'm going to just go on for a little bit with this. So many of us are looking for this amazing opportunity, and I I see this a lot in in 20-somethings or something like this, we're like, hey, I want a platform where my ministry is impacting dozens and hundreds and thousands of people but they never want to start waiting tables. And it's like, here's the deal. The opportunity that's in front of you is the place where you need to start. So if there's an opportunity at your church or wherever you're at, and you're like, yeah, but I'm not quite sure I really want to set up and tear down. I'm not sure I really want to run a sound booth. I'm not sure I really want to work with kids. Here's the deal. Jump into that. Let God use that to refine you and to make you into who he's creating you to be. And let God worry about where you end up and where you go in ministry. Almost inevitably, the reason people's ministries fail are not because of skill or something like that. It's because they couldn't handle what God had given them. Hey. And so you see this all the time where like you'll see like a, a well-known church pastor or something. They'll, they'll fall and be like, what, what was wrong with them? Their character was not as advanced as their platform. So if you let God handle your platform and you work on just being obedient to what he's mm-hmm. got for you and, 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 and pursuing the opportunities that are right there in front of you in your local church, regardless of size, regardless of influence, amazing, amazing things will come from that. Amen. Amen. We're, <laughs> I'm not adding another word to the conversation on why to serve after that. Uh, here's what I will tell you. Our hope and our heart this month is that people would get in the game. And so if this resonates with you at all and you're going, what do I do next? It's simply this. When you're at Momentum this week, inside your bulletin, you'll find a list of some of the major serve areas that we have coming up. And what we would love is for you to check that out and find the one that's right for you. Out at our info table, we have a serve display set up. And the tags that you'll see on the little step in, step up section list all the volunteer positions that are open. And so we're trying to get 20 spots filled. And geez, we're about halfway there. And we'd love for you to be one of the people who who steps in, steps up, and begins to serve. As we are talking about wonderful momentum people, we've got one more segment that we've got to mention uh, this week. We've got two, not one, but two incredible volunteers of the month. Um, One serves with me over in the gym, the other with Jeremy in Kid City. So we can take turns bragging about these people. Go for it. The step in, step up volunteers of the month this month 
winning uh, these brand new mugs that little tumbler things that we've got coming are so cool uh, is Eric and Melissa Mugol. Holy smokes. Uh, this family is serving dynamite. Why don't you start? Sure. So Melissa Mugol serves in our nursery area. She coordinates workers in there. She takes care of a lot of the emails. She Anytime I'm like, hey, what, what are some good ideas of things we need to be doing? She's got great ideas. They lead a community group uh, throughout the week as well. She She's not only got herself involved, um, she's got her children involved serving. Oh, it's so cool. I, I'm I personally care about this because my son is in her ministry area, yeah. and so I care that when uh, my uh, my little boy— We're not gets, saying any foul play was involved in the selection <laughs> of volunteers of the month. But no, when like so when I hand him over, or actually a lot of times when my wife drops him off, I care that that ministry area is good, and she makes sure that it is, and she makes sure things are great. So uh, Eric and Melissa, what does Eric do for you, though? Oh my gosh, the sound in the gym— this past Sunday was some of the best I've ever heard in my life. It, nerdy sound guy stuff. Um, in normal, ideal situations, you're in a worship space. And if you look around the walls of most churches, you'll see this padded material. And that's to soak up the sound and keep it from bouncing off the walls and back into the speakers. We have a unique challenge at Momentum in that... Uh, the sound bounces all over that gym, and so it is so hard for those guys to make it sound good. Um, the speaking mics were incredible, but I'm telling you, the low-end bass on our kick drum was fantastic this week. I've got a youth ministry background, and my one thing, I'm like, hey, sound guy, just make that kick drum rock, and the whole thing will work. I'm not kidding. What he did with that thing was magic. Um, two weeks ago, we were having trouble. One of the coolest Eric stories I got. Two weeks ago, we were having trouble with one of my microphones. Maybe you remember a couple Sundays back, I tried to open the message, and the mics just screeched, and it was rough. And so the following Sunday, Eric was the sound guy, and before we did anything, we were fixing it. And there are some settings buried into it. I mean, the soundboard's complicated if you look at it. And, um, and so there we are. And time is always short in the mornings when you do setup and everything. And uh, Eric Eric goes, um, you know, he, let me try one last thing. Hey, Matt, talk now. And all of a sudden the mic is fixed and it's just working and it works great and we got it resolved. And so after church, I was like, dude, that was so great. He goes, you'll never believe this. I had no clue what to look for. I stopped what I was doing. I said, God, please help me fix this. I opened my eyes. I saw something I didn't see. I tried it, and it fixed the mics. <laughs> Love it. And I'm like, Love that's it. why you serve. Yeah. Like, you're not in the game. You're, you're not going to have moments like that. And so, Eric and Melissa, we love you. We're grateful for you guys. Um, that is it for this Step In, Step Up podcast. We will be back next week. Much love. Peace. Take it easy.